yeah, this book was incredibly influential for me. I think in part this book was the reason why I left Newfoundland when I did, because it gave me the tools to understand why I was holding myself back mentally. Let's go, we're back at it again. Foreign Gems, episode something. We've lost <laughs> track now. Uh, but we're back at it again on a beautiful Wednesday here in Burnaby, recording our next episode of the pod. And today, what are we going to talk about, Ola? We are talking about books today. We're going to talk about books. Before we get into all of that, how are you doing? Are you enjoying this this beautiful summer weather we've been experiencing lately? I, I am actually. It's a pretty good day. Um, I only noticed how good it was when the AC kicked in because yep. you know, it's automatic. Yeah. So I was wondering why. Oh, big flexor. I was wondering right. why it kicked in, and I realized that oh, it looks nice outside. So. Okay, so now you know Ola is living like a king, like his name uh, these days. About that. <laughs> I don't have AC in my house, but I'm not looking forward to suffering this summer. Yeah, you, you gotta buy one now because um, yeah, because it's gonna go crazy. Months, yeah, I should buy a couple and then hold on to one. You know, I've been thinking about that arbitrage. We talked <laughs> yeah, about that the side last release episode. Yeah. Um, arbitrage. More side hustle ideas for yeah. y'all in buy the bonus. AC. But yeah. I feel like you know, I I also want good energy. And I know how much people in Vancouver, you know, they <laughs> suffer during that time. Yeah. And I don't want people to curse me. You, so. don't, you don't want the karma? Yeah, I don't want bad karma, so. Okay, all right. Maybe, maybe I shouldn't hold one. Yeah, we don't <laughs> hold on to that. No. But, you know, for some of you ruthless business people <laughs> out there, that's something you can think about, you know, grab all the fans <laughs> before the summer comes. And, uh, yeah, that's some arbitrage planning for you. But anyways, I digress. We'll get back to the topic at hand. So we were brainstorming today as to like what topics we should talk about and we both realized that some of the more influential pieces of media I guess that we consume is books and some of them have been incredibly influential in my life and in my way of thinking um, and I want to share a few of those today and we haven't shared our list of what books we're going to talk about. We, we just know that there's a list of like a couple books and so we'll go back and forth and talk about like um, some of Ola's favorite books, some of my favorite books, and um, key takeaways from them, as well as kind of discuss some of the, the points of books that, you know, the other hasn't heard about and vice versa. Sound good to you? That sounds great to me. Excellent, <laughs> man. So do you want to start or should I start? Okay, so we had to pause the pod for a little bit because the train went by, but we're back again. We were just about to dive into the first book that we each have brought to the table. Ola, go ahead. What's, what's the first book on your mind? Yeah, so for first book, did you want just the most impactful or did you want the first book that made an impression? I did it in chronological order. Chronological? Yeah, so the first one that like made you really think about, you know, maybe the way that you were living or how you want to go about living, something of that direction. Or it could just be like a, a nice like... Um, like a fiction book or something like that that you really enjoy? Uh, yeah. The first book would actually surprise you a lot. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, the first book that made, that opened my eyes to like more creative thinking yep. is the Bible. Okay, whoa, <laughs> he's starting off hot, bro. He's starting off with the big books. The Bible. Um, yeah. There was this book called My Book of Bible Stories. Okay. And it has all these pictures. Yeah. And before that, I used to go to church. I used to like be in the church. I just loved going to all kinds of church because uh, my mom gave me money to donate. 
and you know I'll keep some <laughs> and I was wow. in the, I was in a school band uh, no school yeah I was in a church band no I wasn't good drummer but I just kind of finessed my way into that but the point was it was all very you know I was part of the entire religion I was really into it until I read this book and the book read much like a storybook and it had all these pictures and it was very fictional so then it actually got me to start thinking of Bible what if this is all fiction and then I went down this rabbit hole of what if it's all fiction and it made me who I am today who I still think religion is good for what it is mm -hmm. I'm just not religious and that was it was from that like when I was nine interesting interesting so I didn't have the Bible on this list I'm gonna be honest <laughs> with you but the Bible actually was quite influential back in the day um, the reason being me and my parents had the standing tradition of praying together every night mm -hmm. and as part of that tradition we would read like an excerpt of the Bible and we started all the way at Genesis and we were making our way through and we I mean you're not reading entire chapters mm -hmm. of, of the Bible at a time so we were reading maybe like um, one page something like that at a time and stopping in the, uh, at a logical kind of pause in the story and I remember that being very like a, a really uniting moment in the family usually um, it's a nice way to connect with everyone throughout the day get everybody's thoughts on the passage that we just read and then consider that as part of the prayer and yeah so it's one of the family traditions that I definitely miss when I moved away from home oh, wow. uh, even though like, after kind of all my exposure to all of the spiritual ideas mm. I now kind of consider everything in a more broad lens mm -hmm. rather than like a, a specific religious brushstroke mm -hmm. uh, I agree with you I think there's there's value in religion in certain ways but I also think it can be weaponized in some ways yeah. but one thing I do really appreciate about it is its ability to bring a community together and anywhere you go you can have community as long as like you're a member of a, a type of religion um, so that, that we experienced a similar thing, but in in our small family unit rather than like a big community thing. We we did church as well and all of that for a while, um, but I remember even when we didn't go to church as much, that was something that really resonated with me as like family time. You know, yeah, it always brings back fond memories. Yeah, church. Um, I do envy my friends who go to church here because it's just more. You know, you have that community inbuilt. It's very social. It's. Uh, they all support one another um, but yeah there's just <laughs> I have my other reasons that you know coming from Nigeria there's just you see different sides of religion that is not necessarily always pleasant say less that's uh, a really but, the yeah. reason why we, we didn't go as much it's yeah we started to see a bit of hypocrisy but you know it is what it is um, I have nothing against it and uh, I think everyone should do whatever makes them you know feel good 100% yeah. I agree with that and uh, it can be an incredible tool for discipline as well. Exactly. Yeah. All right, so what about yours? What's your first one? The first book that I had here is Thinking Fast and Slow. Have you heard of that one? I have. Uh, I have it. I haven't read it. <laughs> you should read that book. I've had it for like four years in my Kindle. <laughs> <laughs> I think you should read that book. I think you'd actually really enjoy it. Okay. Um, it's by Daniel Kahneman. Yeah. I honestly haven't read anything else by him, but he's like... Um, behavioral psychologist he has another one I think drive or something like that okay I'll look into that yeah. uh, you know maybe it's probably around the, the, a similar idea but the, the core concept in the book is explaining that it, as in the 
title that humans have two ways of thinking, mm. like a fast way of thinking, a more reactionary way of thinking, and a slow way of thinking, which includes more, you know, digesting information and processing the information, and then making a move based on that. Uh, but what he proposes in the book is that we don't have a lot of control over which system is currently active. And so there is, I, I was actually reading it from a marketing standpoint to understand why people do certain things and to maybe um, deploy that in some of the campaigns that we have or on the website that we were building at the time. But system one is like fast and automatic and there's ways that you can approach someone's system one way of thinking and ensure that it's in favor with whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish. And then there's like a system two which is slow and deliberate and it's good to understand where one switch system might switch over to another and actually start to plan things around that as well. And the reason I think it would be really useful is because of some of the work that you do in product and in UX. Mm. Uh, when somebody's using your product, there's some things that are going to happen like in a flash of an instant, like they see a particular thing or they see a particular button or they see a particular area of what you're designing. Yeah. And it needs to be easily digestible, that this is where they need to go next. And the reason you want that is to avoid um, cognitive dissonance right because if you're putting in the friction essentially in the way of someone's method of thinking it can make the experience seem slow or slower than it needs to be and it's tiring for them to actually work right. through something like that um, and then when system two comes into play it could be maybe the broader goal that they're trying to accomplish and making sure that you are speaking to those um, to to those objectives as well so that you know you're designing into your product uh, a user flow that speaks both to the quick reactionary way of thinking yeah. but also the long-term more strategic way of thinking that they might be employing. It's actually related to a uh, key concept in UX that I've been thinking about a lot this week. Yeah. Uh, locus, locus of attention. Yeah. So it's um, you should people can only pay attention to one thing at a time one main thing at a time mm -hmm. and when you're designing a user interface always think like what's the main thing and uh, there are a lot of different ways to like uh, test for that. When you mention like the cognitive load and things, yeah. um, you call it a squint test. So if you design a interface, just like make however you can make your eyes blurry. Yeah. You can use Figma as well to design something to look blurry, and try to see where the attention, your what is still grabbing your attention on the screen. Mm. So like the call to actions, the the main areas of the interface so yeah are very clear and you don't actually need to process much exactly in order to your subconscious know just, where to go yeah it catches them yeah yeah for sure um in to summarize in like one one long line or not one long line but like one key point mm. is the whole book teaches you about like these different systems and how they can be biased and how they you know you can make mistakes when you're relying on either one of those systems but the core idea is that like we can actually improve our decision making as long as we're aware of those biases. Yeah. So that's like the broader application. Right now we were talking about like product or in, in, um, in a user experience on a website or something. Yeah. But something that you can take away for your own life is to be aware that, oh, I might just be reacting to this situation and this might be my system one speaking. Um, maybe you're in a situation where you, um, you're forced to act rashly instead of doing that and going with your immediate reaction yeah. it can make sense to take a beat 
and let the other system take over and actually an analyze and collect all of the information about a particular situation or a decision that you have to make before you make that decision. So that was the thing that uh, I took away most from this book is like, okay, sometimes your initial reaction can feel like a gut reaction and we're like, this is my instinct, I need yeah. to go in this direct response, but it might not be your true response if you gave System 2 a chance to also take a look at the problem. I think that's actually why I haven't read it, because the concept, even though it looked valuable, it feels like things I had learned in other sources already. Because yep. the concept of System 1 and System 2, I see it as rational mind and ego, and the ego is the one that wants to react. It's the reason we're ambitious. It's the reason we get angry. It's the reason we get sad, we get happy. Yeah. And the rational one is just has no emotion. It's just the pure data, <laughs> pure logic, but you need both. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I mean, I think you'll find, in, especially in a lot of um, nonfiction books, that they put into like succinct words, things mm. that you maybe intuitively have already experienced. Like you mentioned, you know, you already kind of are aware that there's like an ego-driven reaction which mm. can be more short-term and the more rational one could be a bit more long-term uh, but it can be really helpful to see or hear examples or read examples of when it was more beneficial in order to take that beat or when it was more beneficial to go with the gut instinct because it's there for a reason yeah. like you don't have the system one to sabotage you um, you call the ego Ego isn't necessarily bad for you. Like it's there for you. It's for a tool. It's for survival purposes. Yeah. You know, um, the reason you might react a, a particular way is it's an extension of fight or flight. Like you're trying mm. to make the best decision for your body instantly. Yeah. But sometimes those dangers aren't instant, and so it might it might take make more sense for you to take a beat and actually think about like bring the rational brain into it and say, okay, what are all of these options for real? Then which one am I gonna go with? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I I recommend you read it anyways. Even though I think you understand like the, some of the core concepts, I think it could be helpful to go through some of those examples and see. Related um, book that I've actually read uh, that didn't make it to my list, but you just reminded me is Ego is the Enemy. That's another. I haven't read that. That one. book actually had a, it had a lot of impacts on me, but not immediately. When I first read it, I don't think I read it. You know, they said the right book can be wrong for you. If you read the wrong, if you read it at the wrong time, mm -hmm. that yeah, was one yeah, of the books yeah, yeah. that I first time I read it, I didn't understand the concept very much, and then uh, eventually when I read it again, it was much uh, clearer the concept. Gotcha. But yeah. It okay. It's Ego an, is it's the a, enemy. What? Ego is the enemy, right? Ego is the enemy. It goes. Um, now that I understand the concept of ego more, I, I would not name the book Ego is the Enemy. <laughs> like once you, call, once you frame it as Ego is the Enemy, even your ego gets defensive even with the concept. Yeah. Maybe that's the, what they were going for, you know, a bit of a reaction from you. So yeah. Like, what? What do you mean by that? <laughs> Let me go. Let's explore. But yeah, no. He, <laughs> he, he, ha, he has a follow-up, which is like The Obstacle is the Way, which um, it's Ryan Holiday, by the way. That's the, the uh, author yes, of the yes, book. Yes, he yes. is really... I've definitely heard of both of these. I just yeah, he's really, he's a really good writer, and um, he's very big on like stoicism as well. Mm. And that book got me into the mindset of stoicism and researching more about uh, that philosophy. You just made me think of another book, actually, when you okay. talked about that. Do you know? Have you, if you looked into stoicism stuff, have you heard of Marcus Aurelius? Oh yeah, I was about to say that just then. Yeah, that made me think of that yeah. immediately. That was I didn't actually read the book, like read it. I listened yeah. to audiobook. 
I also highly recommend that one, but yeah, not on the list. Then also another old book uh, in terms of like Stoicism, uh, Letters from Seneca. Okay. That's yeah. Uh, I feel like that was referenced maybe. Yeah, yeah. That's a really good book. It wasn't written by Seneca. I think it was written by one of his like followers uh, or something. Apprentices or something. Yeah. Okay. It's, uh, it's, it teaches you a lot of stuff. Interesting. Yeah, that's, yeah, you didn't make it on my list as well. Yeah, that was one that wasn't on book. there. Yeah. I should have thrown that on there actually, because there's some good lessons. Like I, I think the idea of stoicism in general has some good lessons for, um, especially young people, hmm. to kind of understand and process the world around them a little bit better than you might if you didn't have some of these guiding principles. Yeah, yeah. That w- um, I think that was what helped me survive like really tough times in you know when i was in newfoundland just just being stoic towards the, you know, um, what was going on around me you know i wasn't always too excited when things were good i wasn't too down when things were down i was just at this nice happy ground yeah. which was which was amazing just content always yeah know. but you also don't want to go extreme into like being stoic towards everything you need a bit of hedonism as well you, you need to i mentioned that before to you you know I, I I lived, I removed all fun oh, in my the, life. When you went monk mode? Yeah, I was in monk mode. <laughs> it was not fun. I wasn't. I didn't feel creative. I didn't feel happy. Uh, I don't recommend that to anyone. You need don't, some color. Yeah, you need some color in your life. Yeah. Um, your turn. Uh, a good follow-up to that, I think. Um, still not my most impactful book. However, related to stoicism and everything is Man's Search for Meaning. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, by Victor, Victor Franco. Yeah. Yeah, that was a book because you hear me talk a lot about value, principles, um, but the whole idea is finding meaning in what you do. That book was, was what got me uh, to... Before I start anything, I always start from the why, I always start from the meaning, the story, and it doesn't always have to be you know, something too serious, but I need to have that for myself that is written down. Like I could, even if I'm just going out with friends, it has to be like, why am I doing this? Oh, cause my friend needs me mm. to do this. Or there has to be a meaning to it. That, it reminds me so much of one, and it's not on the list, <laughs> <laughs> but it reminds me of one of the habits of highly effective people. Mm. Um, the book is Seven, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. One of, Stephen think, Covey, what's his name? Yeah, Cohen maybe. I don't know, yeah. I, I can't remember off the top of my head, but um, principle one, I'm pretty sure, is start with the end in mind, mm. which is exactly what you're talking about, like have a purpose yeah. for the things that you do and have a clear vision as to like why you're trying to get there. Yeah. And I think that also probably inspired Start With Why by, probably, by yeah. Simon Sinek. So like I think it's they're all similar concepts in that. You need to know where you're going in order to get there at the fastest route. Also, to know when you got there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's what you find with a lot of books. It's, you can call it repackaging, but it's also like different angles of looking at things. Um, that's right. You know, what resonates with someone might not resonate. Someone might not understand the concept of starting with why. Someone, might, someone else might not like the exactly. concept of, you know, end in mind. Yeah. There's, you know, there's different ways, different flavors of passing on the same message. That's a, that's a really good point. And in a, in a way, we're kind of doing the same thing mm-hmm. with this pod in that, like, we package it based on our experience, even though some of these things you, you might be able to find somewhere else. Right. But told by different people with different experiences, it might resonate in a different way. That's why I think there's always a room for somebody to express themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, even when we started this podcast, this 
there's tons of podcasts out there. Oh yeah. But none of them are going to be our podcast. Yeah. So there's always room for you to share your voice and share your experience and share your thoughts just because you're going to tell them from a particular new angle or your angle which could be which could resonate more with a particular person than than maybe somebody else saying the same concept. I agree. And things get outdated as well. Like have you ever read a book that you tell you that this is a classic, this is the best book of all time and you read it and it's like complete garbage what to you? <laughs> but it's not garbage, it's just not with it, your time. It doesn't hit the same way. <laughs> yeah. So that's you can you can just rewrite the same book for today's concept. Mm-hmm. You can rewrite the same book using the example in a particular area. This is another idea from the side also ideas we dropped. Yeah. You can localize an idea of a book into your culture into the things that people would understand. It's like a part 3 now. You know, <laughs> <going> <laughs> <good>. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> Take the same idea. Of course, credit is sauce. You know, don't just <laughs> don't just steal. But you gotta gotta cite your sources. Yeah, but you know, inspired by you know, this was inspired by, and then take it into whatever direction you want to take it. That's mm. what people do with music as well. Yeah, like you find a concept in music, you find like hundred thousands of different variations of the same topic. That's. But yeah, anyways. Um, what would you say, like, um, in man's search for meaning? What was the big takeaway that you had from it that you know made you put this book on the list? Yeah, you can always find meaning in everything, even the deepest suffering. Like the, even the author is an Holocaust uh, survivor, mm. and he was yeah just talking. He, well, he was mentioning how like he was able to find meaning while being in like concentr- uh, concentration camp. Um, yeah, in the darkest of times, you find meaning. Like oh, this is preparing me for this thing. This is. I don't know. You can be the hero of whatever story you want to come up with. Do you think that meaning is necessary in order for somebody to have like the will to survive or to to thrive? Uh, there are many ways. It's not always meaning. Um, I, I I know I said purpose is another example. I think purpose is that's what I would say. Meaning is just another form of purpose. Yeah. If that even makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, I mean, I think the two concepts are related quite yeah. closely. Yeah, something actually. can be meaningless, but like I don't know, I would go through the deepest suffering to do anything for my mom, and it doesn't have to be meaningful to me. Right. It's serving the purpose, mm-hmm. but in a way, that's the meaning. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, where are we at? Okay, so yeah, we, yeah, we gotta move on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We gotta one. move on to the next one. Okay. So the next book that I had on there is the courage to be disliked. Have you heard of that one? I also have that on my Kindle. I have like two hundred books on my Kindle that I haven't read. Oh my! It's just so much stuff to go through. But yeah, I'm pretty sure this book is one of my favorite nonfiction books. It's okay. well, I mean, it's obviously in the top five list. I will read this one though. Yeah. That one is uh, when I say one of my one of my favorite. What I really meant to say, I think this might be my favorite nonfiction. Oh wow! Book. Okay, I definitely have to read that then. <laughs> Yeah, this book was incredibly influential for me. I think in part this book was the reason why I left Newfoundland mm-hmm. when I did because it gave me the tools to understand why I was holding myself back mentally. Um, <laughs> I don't know how to even explain like the the impact this thing had in the way that I think and in the way that I make my decisions. I think back in the day I used to consider and I think you should be considerate of other people, of course, but not at the expense of your own growth. And I was doing that a lot. I was gearing towards 
keeping the status quo and not r ruffling any feathers as much as possible, mm. like almost being conflict avoidant. Even though I knew deep down that I wanted to make a big change or make a big shift, I didn't have the tools or like, I, I didn't feel like, I thought it was selfish to do that. And this book opened up my eyes as to why actually suppressing your true self or your true ambitions can be a more selfish move in that you're kind of restricting the gift that you might have to offer the world by living small hmm. and that actually yeah it, it made me want to go after what i want to go after and I, I don't mean to say that if anybody decides to stay where they are that they're living small or anything like that but that was the case for me i wasn't i was like caging myself even though i didn't really need to and so yeah this book uh, there's a bunch of concepts in here that just made me yeah made me think about situations completely differently and approach problems in my life completely differently as well i highly recommend i am definitely reading that um it's i was th i've been thinking about that concept uh, this week as well just the whole concept of um not really focusing on outside perspective you know when you have a song in your heart that needs to be sang you need to sing it and i don't know why it's just been on my mind so uh it was one of the books that i had at the back of my mind that i need to read so yeah i just need to turn on the yeah but you charge that kindle up you get, get to it actually it's beach weather soon you know yeah so good reason for you to go sit outside and read, read a book yeah <laughs> I, I might do that actually yeah. uh, thanks for the reminder hey of course man all right let's move on to yours the one that actually would be a close tie-in to that and is my most impactful book of my entire life so far, The Alchemist. Let's go. <laughs> the Alchemist. Um, I, when I was at Tim Hortons, one of my friends just brought the book to work and he said the book has changed them. And I thought it was like, just, you know, I was like, what, what is this guy saying? This was when we're still, you know, I was DJing, we were all still in the, we, we didn't know what we wanted to do. We were all figuring out life. Yeah, and I noticed a little bit of a change in him. Like it became a lot more serious, but not in like boring way. Like he just knew what he knew what he wanted to do. It seemed like he was sure, more sure of himself. So then I decided to read the same book, mm -hmm. and um, sure enough, like it, it, I just noticed after like two hours of reading this book, I started noticing a shift in my brain, all the little quotes here and there, all the reminder. Uh, earlier on when you mentioned, you know, when you're not using your gift, you, it's actually selfish because you are denying the world of what makes you special. That was one of the concepts that resonated with me in the book. Uh, you know, um, even the suffering. We talk about it like no, no one ever suffers in the pursuit of their, of their dreams. Yeah. The when you uh, put something into the universe, um, the universe will conspire to make it happen. Yeah. Like that book just opened all of these avenues of thinking in my brain that didn't uh, exist before. And yeah, and two, three more of my friends read the same book the same summer. And I kid you not, like. Three, four months later, all of our lives were all like completely different. Our trajectory changed. That's when I started my first, that's when I quit all of the, I was doing like four or five different side hustles. That's when I quit everything and I started a company and it didn't work out, but you know, it led me down the, the path, path that, you're that, on that I'm on. 
and uh, all my other friends that did the same thing, their stories have been the same as well. So yeah, that book was definitely life-changing, 100%. Great, great shout out. I actually had the same one as for next. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I fully agree with everything that you said. I really enjoy the, the follow your dreams method or follow your dream message, I meant to say. Mm -hmm. Uh, I also really resonate with the universe conspires to help you as a concept as long as you're putting it out there and you're going for it. Mm -hmm. I also think one of the things that the book and, and and the great thing about this book is two things. One, it's short. Oh yeah. It's very easily consumable and you can do it multiple times for different stages in yeah. your life. But then two also, it's a non-fiction fiction book because mm -hmm. it tells a story. And so you're following the story of this main character, Santiago. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you are being taught lessons that are like very nonfiction in a way. Like they're very applicable and like, um, yeah, self-prescribed self gospel in a way, you know. Like it's you like can, vegetables wrapped in candy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and one of, the, one of the core messages that I really took away from the book is to um, embrace the journey. Mm-hmm because the journey ends up being the gold in the end, which I thought was like extremely clever, not like just in the way that's in storytelling, but also just extremely applicable because I think as people, we generally like to see the end. You know how we were talking about earlier, like start with the end in mind. Yeah. Sometimes you can just keep the idea of the end the whole time mm -hmm. and not allow yourself to be happy until you get to that end, which I, I think is a quick way to be miserable your whole life. Yeah. <laughs> But this book really emphasizes just being present, being in the moment, and enjoying the journey as it comes along because the journey is is the end game. Like the fact that you're, you know, making your way through life, finding a way, finding your way yeah. to the purpose. It, maybe you discover your purpose and you're finding a way to amplify that as much as possible, affect as many people as possible, help as many people as possible. It's important to enjoy day one of the journey as much as you enjoy, like, I don't know, day 99 if there's 100. Yeah. Um, as, as like just a general rule for enjoying life and, and being content. Uh, back to what you said about, you know, uh, focusing too much on the end goal, my take away from the journey. Something that I was able to use to, you know, reconcile that in my brain is to see myself as a storyteller. I just, that's what I call myself, a storyteller. So um, when I'm about to like start something new, I don't think, oh, what's the end going to be like? It's like, what's the story I'm going to tell? Mm. So I do want this to be obviously a success story, but that's the end in my head. But how I'm going to get there, I don't know. It's like, I am writing it <laughs> while I'm also reading it. <laughs> and it makes it exciting. So even when the bad things happen, like last year was quite rough for me, but the days that I was up here, you know, the days where I reminded myself that, oh, this would be such a great story someday. Yeah, like, yeah. imagine, like, I can put this into a book. I could, like, it just gives you this feel-good uh, feeling. It puts you in the hero's shoes in a way, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, you're, uh, they call it, like, player one. You're mm -hmm. player one mentality. Instead of you being a victim, you're like, no, like, I am acting this. And, yeah, if you see it as a movie that you're getting to see from, like, front row yeah. it makes everything even the worst stuff like I lost my luggage or my luggage didn't arrive when I was in London I didn't feel sad I was like imagine the stories I can tell yes yeah. and which I'm telling right now this has happened yeah, yeah. so like it makes you almost very psychopathic like <laughs> because you're like the worst situations yeah. you just find 
something to like about it. Yeah, <laughs> you should do it, even to the point of delusion. You know, who who cares? Just just go for it and make the story for yourself as much as possible. Exactly, that's what makes life interesting. That's what gives life meaning. I agree. <laughs> hey, full circle. Yeah. Um, All right. So on, I, you're honestly, next. one one of the things uh, I, I just want a quick note on the storytelling thing. I think one of the things I admire a lot about you is the ability to to, to tell stories. Mm. Because you almost always have like a, an anecdote or um, uh, like a, a quick like five sentence, even like ten sentence story about like a particular concept you're trying to explain. Mm. And I don't just mean on the pod, like even outside, like when we're hanging out with uh, some other people sometimes. I notice that you do default to like storytelling and it makes the concept a lot more digestible when you can do it that way. So like storytelling in general as a concept is something I'm trying to get better at. Mm. Uh, but I just wanted to quickly shout that out while it was still fresh in my mind. Oh, thanks. Uh, it's something I still keep trying to improve, so it's good to know that it's already at a place that is noticeably good. Yeah, 100%, man. I think it's one of the things that makes you a good public speaker as well. So, since you mentioned The Alchemist, that was going to be my next one. I'll skip to the next book okay. that I was going to mention. Um, the Gap in the Game. Have you heard about that one? No, I haven't actually at all. I have that one, so you can borrow it whenever okay. you want. Um, I still yeah. have to borrow you the creative acts as well, yes. which yeah, it's, yeah. it won't be part of today's because yeah. it's still fresh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I gotta, I gotta, yeah, I really want to read that one. Um, the gap in the gain came to me actually at a time when I was feeling a little bit of imposter syndrome. Mm. So for anybody out there who is going through a similar stage in their life, it happens, I think, probably to everybody at some point. You find yourself in a room, you don't feel like you belong. Uh, but this book really made its made it made me understand that I do belong there and it gave, reinstilled a sense of confidence at a time when I really needed it uh, this is a book that I recommend even if you're not going through some sort of crisis I think it's just a, a helpful book to help you remind uh, remind you to practice gratitude in a way and the core concept of the book is essentially what the title is the gap and the gain uh, there's two things you can focus on you can focus on the gap which is kind of between where you are now and where you wish to be which can sometimes feel daunting uh, a nice analogy is climbing a mountain, looking up and seeing how much more you have to go. And the gain is the opposite. It's like looking down the hill and seeing how much you've come up. Mm. And so when you focus on the gap, that that's where issues and confidence can arise. That's where you can feel imposter syndrome and say, okay, I don't have everything it takes in order to do what it is that I want to do. But if you focus on what you've gained already, you can see how many times you've been able to go from milestone to milestone and make that jump and remind yourself that you're always capable of doing that next thing. <laughs> so it's like a, it's a re, it's a positive reinforcement essentially for now I'm in a situation I was in a situation previously yeah. this is the same situation just different context I overcame the last one therefore I'm going to be able to overcome this one and it gives you that confidence to go after it. That's so cool cuz um, I haven't read this book I definitely I'm going to read it 100%. Uh, but it made me laugh because before we started this podcast today, that was what I was telling you earlier. I was having a conversation with someone earlier, yeah. and I was like, you don't know where I'm, <laughs> where I'm from. Exactly like, right. You can't tell me where I'm going that, when you don't know where I'm that, from. That confidence, you know. Yeah. <laughs> huh, interesting. Yeah, man. Yeah, I, 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 I need was, to read that book now. I really enjoy it. It's got like a couple, you know, these books have a ton of anecdotes in mm. it. But like, it, and I encourage this when you're reading some of these types of books is like read one anecdote if they're gonna say like three different anecdotes mm -hmm. maybe you don't need to hear the concept yeah. told to you in three different ways just read one so that you have a story to remind you of the concept but then you can always move on to the next thing this book was pretty notorious for that 
uh, because, like I said, the concept can be summarized literally in the title. Yeah. If you just take that message away, the ga- there's the gap, there's the gain, I should focus on the gain. That's the entire concept of the book. But there's anecdotes in there to help you kind of remember certain concepts. Pro tip as well for anyone that doesn't want to read books or too lazy to read books. You can always listen to the podcast that the authors are on as well. Yeah. They give the main, like they give 80% always. of, the, of the book. Always. And the 20% should be for books you really, really want to read. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, did you want to go next? Yes, please. Okay, so the one I want to talk about, I think that has shaped me to be who I am today, is um, The Long Walk to Freedom. Let's go, Nelson, Nelson Mandela. Mandela. Shout out. Yeah, that book mellowed me. <laughs> <laughs> like, it just, um, it gave me a purpose in a way. Because I started, I became less selfish in a way. Like before that, I was like, oh, I want to get my dreams. I want to do this. That book made me learn about the value of sacrifice and like living out, living for people outside of yourself. Like he sacrificed 28 years of his life yeah. for South Africa's freedom. Mm-hmm. Like, and every time I am given like one hour of sacrifice, I'm like, I'm not doing enough yet. Uh, that's when I became more family oriented. Yes. That's when I became more uh, country oriented. And it's funny enough, that was actually when I decided I wasn't going to go back to Nigeria, mm. even as wild as it sounds. But the reason was because I know like I'm better off helping the country outside of country uh, outside of the country. It goes back to episode two when we talk about the African diaspora, yep. and it was from that. Like um, we all have our parts to play. Um, I have friends who would never leave Nigeria. They that's their part to play in helping the country reach where they need to go. For me, I need to do what I can do here with the opportunities I have and help the people back home. So yeah, um, yeah, I became more family-oriented, mm-hmm. country-oriented, then Af- more African thinking, yep. which makes me a better human, and then whatever levels. Um, and the whole idea of you know peaceful protest, um, you can be assertive without being aggressive. You know, you can, you can get things done without having to fight. You know that so so yeah the book helped me understand that that sense of leadership definitely the best book for leadership for me yeah. as an African I don't know if it would have the same effect on non-Africans but yeah. as an African 100% I feel like his story could resonate with with anybody I, I don't know maybe the people he was going against <laughs> at the time might find trouble with it yeah. but yeah I, I recently looked into Nelson Mandela for something for Black History Month. Mm. And I was blown away. Some of the stuff I didn't know that are in Long Walk of Freedom, but I didn't I hadn't read the book, so I didn't really know like the details of that. But one of the craziest things that I learned was that like twenty plus years into his imprisonment, he was actually offered to be released as long mm-hmm. as he stopped his mission. Yeah. And he said no. Imagine being in jail for twenty years and somebody's like, Yeah, you can just go free now, just as long as you don't do this. But the conviction was so strong in the man to just be that clear-minded even after being so long like with your freedoms taken away to remember the, the reason why he was there and what he was doing and then to continue to do that with even more conviction past that not knowing that you will ever come out that's yeah it's an unhuman level of conviction yeah it definitely um, yeah taught me the power of you know being strong in your conviction and 
just having a strong spirit you know you can have your freedom taken away you can have everything taken away but as long as your spirit is with you um, your value your principles you're you're a free person <laughs> you are free mentally yeah. love that I love that nice excellent excellent addition to to this group of group of books uh, my final one is the almanac of Naval Ravikant have you heard of that guy I definitely have yeah okay. I have way too many of these quotes and musings clipped in my knowledge base yeah great great guy for quotes yeah <laughs> legend legend tweeter so um, there's always something uh, yeah, worth a follow for sure uh, but this is like a collection of some of his tweet storms, a collection of excerpts from interviews that he mm-hmm. had. I want to shout out another podcast, uh, a little podcast called The Joe Rogan Experience. I don't know if anybody would have heard of that. <laughs> That's quite but controversial. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's a, it's a pretty, it's a tiny podcast. You guys can go <laughs> and go check it out. Maybe give them a, a listen or two. They need it. But uh, <laughs> yeah, he had, <laughs> he, had Naval, <laughs> he had Naval Ravikant on there. Um, and it's it's one of the better guests that he's had on for sure and he talks about a lot of like these concepts that are in this book as well but one of the key ones that stuck with me is happiness is a skill mm. and it's something that can you can learn and continue to work on and improve yeah. rather than like some elusive thing that you might get to if you you know seek some of the more material aspects mm. of the world um, so he talks about that a lot he went from not having any money or opportunities to having a lot of money and opportunities and he talks about like his state of mind between those two things mm. and how like one just enables you to um, to be able to actually just have more time that's like the core thing that he's winning with um, these opportunities and the money he's been able to make um, aside from that there's some other concepts that he talks about that, that can be very useful as well particularly if you're um, an coding enthusiast or you've been following the, these things with AI uh, he talks a lot about leveraging these new forms of capital in the world yeah. one of the major ones being media like back in the day Content, maybe labor was yeah. such a big one uh, and like a, a big impressive company was like a company that had a lot of people working for it but nowadays a, a more impressive thing is like having media that's working for you mm-hmm. you can think about certain personalities who you know you can't go to any platform you, and you don't hear their message maybe you're on TikTok and you're hearing something about them you're on the podcast you're hearing something about them those are other forms of capital as well and mm-hmm. influence and he talks about that too which I think is is useful from a practical sense but the the happiness thing is the one that I've, has stuck with me the most which is useful from like a day-to-day uh, just managing your how content you are as a result which is something that we've also covered a couple times in this pod yeah never yeah we I mean, there's so much wisdom from Naval over the years that I've got. Um, one that I think, though, that would be that I think has been useful for me in terms of like business and creativity was the one where he mentioned um, how putting like your name is the putting your name behind what you do is the biggest form of what you call it. It's a leverage, yeah. but also it's it has that sense of accountability Accountability. and the richer the richest people are the most accountable Accountable. people yeah the more you can be accountable for the success and failure of something the more um the more wealth you get yeah and it also ties back to another book i didn't mention 
I don't think any of you want to read that book, but I think you should all read that book because it's so heavy, it's What's so it dense. Skin in the Game. Oh, I haven't even heard of that book. Yeah, it's Skin in the, skin in the Game. Um, it's, it's a very dense book, but it's very amazing. But the, anyways, the concept is, you know, having skin in the game, mm -hmm. like, um, yeah, taking risk. Yeah, great point. Great point about that. That, that is something that he likes to preach for sure. Um, is that accountability piece yeah and I think that's a really practical one to apply even to your day-to-day -day work like if you're trying to get promoted or something like that yeah. put your name behind projects that you're mm -hmm. doing make like try to be the one who's doing the presentation of the results um, come what may uh, if you're thinking about a project and you are you know looking for support for it go out there and make sure that it seems like it seems like it's yours not just it, it's not just yours like it seems like mm. it's yours so you have that accountability tied to it and come what may like sometimes you know you will have failures and the failure is also multiplied because your name is oh, all yeah. over this thing oh yeah but when the success happens that's multiplied a ton as well and yeah people, it's a risk people trust people who put their name on things and who are willing to be accountable for the results of something yeah i also was looking at watching a documentary of the original mac team uh, apple yeah. And uh, the first few Macs, they all signed their name behind each and every one of the machine. And I thought that's a cool concept. And I was telling my manager actually at work uh, yesterday that I want to be putting that level of craft into my work where it's almost, I can put my signature on it. Like I can, it's something I can be proud of. And um, yeah, it's, it's such a cool, having skin in the game, it's such a cool concept. It really is. But yeah, uh, other Naval things people should check out is tweet. He has a tweet that is still pinned as of today. Uh, how to get rich without getting how to be how to get rich without getting lucky. Mm -hmm. It's a long uh, tweet, but it tweets in like very short style, so it's very useful. I'm pretty sure it's probably one of the most liked tweets on Twitter. Yeah, uh, shout out. Yeah, you have that. Um, the book that Mark mentioned, the Naval Ravikant uh, Almanac. Oh, it's free actually on the the PDF is free, but you can also buy it if you want to. Yep. Um, and he has a podcast, which it goes through the tweets one by oh, one. Oh, really? Yeah, I did not know that. In the typical Naval fashion, it's uh, like five minutes or less or something oh, like that. Oh, he's about to get a quick subscribe on that. Yeah, it's uh, it's very fun. You can go through the entire thing in like two hours. I'm I'm pretty sure. Deadly man. I know what I'm doing on the on my drive back later now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, do you want to close this off? Yeah, um, there's a bunch more. Uh, I would just go through them quickly, but I'm not going in details, but you will see them or hear them mentioned over the future episodes. Uh, one is Moonwalking with Einstein. Yeah. So um, sometimes when Mark would say something, I will repeat it. Not necessarily because I didn't hear it the first time, not because I didn't understand, but it's a way to register in my brain so I don't forget. So yeah, the concept of memory palace, uh, storing things that people tell you in your memory palace so that you remember, uh, chunking information together. Um, and another one is exaggerating information. So when someone tells you my name is Michael Jonathan, in my head, it's like, Michael Jackson. Yeah. It's like Michael Jackson's reincarnation. That's a terrible <laughs> example. But the point is, exaggerated so much that it looks so wild in your head, the wilder it is in your brain, 
the more you're likely to recall the information. Okay, so it's, that one's more about memory? Memory. Right, okay. It's definitely the best book I've ever read on uh, that I've, anything I've learned on memory. I wish they gave me that book when I was in high school or something. I would have retained so much more. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's a great book. Um, there's The 50th Law. Um, that's Robert Greene and 50 Cent. Um, it's, it's like almost like a follow-up to The 48th Law of Power. Uh, which one that's a controversial book but it's good for you to know the concepts um, because other people might use it against yeah, you exactly. so at least know what, what's happening yeah at least know what's happening but the 50th law is almost like um, they are continuation of that and it's just fear it's uh, the book is about being fearless um, when when I went through the whole thing with my startup that book was what made me bounce back mm-hmm. it was the don't be fear it's similar to the one you mentioned first um, courage to be dis- disliked yep. it's similar concept yeah. just being fearless just chasing stuff um, Steve Jobs biography that had some effects on me as well Rich Dad Poor Dad if you want to know about, bo- about money everyone should know that but yeah. that's another book someone should make another version of yeah because it might be getting a little some outdated. concept is getting outdated The Richest yeah. Man in Babylon yeah. another that's great money idea. book yeah. that should be <laughs> refreshed yeah. and uh, what else how successful people think mm. it's this very short book I think it's like only 120 pages that explains the different types of thinking positive thinking positivity, positivity thinking collaborative thinking just different forms that people think of, uh, people can think and there's nothing new <laughs> that you probably don't know already but it just reminds you of whenever you're in a situation, you have to like, just like how you said, the thinking fast and slow, it's yeah. thinking as well. Like what type of thinking do I need here? Like, is this something I need to think of myself or I need other people's brains, collaborative? Mm. Is this something that I need to um, think in terms of possibilities or is this something that I need to like narrow down in? Like, uh, I don't know, the, I'm not, mentioned the exact names of the thinking. I haven't read this book in like three years or four years now, yeah. but it expanded my brain to a uh, different uh, lens of view and things. Gotcha. Damn, okay. Well, with all of that, you have a pretty big reading list. I don't <laughs> know if any of you have read some of these books before. We would love it if you would comment some other books that we've missed that have had a big influence in your life. We're always looking for new books to read and new ways to think. So please drop them in the, the comment section of wherever you're listening, this to, listening to this too, especially on YouTube or something like that. If you're on there, it's like very easy for us to comment and chat with you there. Yeah. Um, we also have like a TikTok where we might have some of these things go out. Oh yeah, Mark is... Try, yeah, we're trying to get that going, <laughs> man. We'll see, we'll see how it goes and how it resonates with, with, with all of you. But um, yeah, it could be a way for us to, to talk about smaller concepts that we've discussed in some of the uh, episodes that we yeah that we've released so far yeah so. this was one of the episodes that stayed true to the uh, tagline of the podcast foreign um, familiar topics foreign perspective. perspectives so excellent right. well I really enjoyed having this and I actually have a bunch of new books to read now that you mentioned that I didn't know or haven't heard about before so looking forward to those and with that we'll call it a pod thank you very much everyone and uh, we'll see you in the next one bye